Well, it's my opportunity to uh, read a great story for you. It's entitled Mortimer's Christmas Manger. And all the pictures will appear on your screen. So you just need to sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing and yet poignant story. In a big house lived a wee mouse named Mortimer. He dwelled in a dark hole under the stairs. Nobody ever noticed little Mortimer, and Mortimer liked it that way. But he didn't like his hole. Too cold, too cramped, too creepy, squeaked Mortimer. Each day he snuck out and crept about looking for crumbs and tidbits. One day Mortimer spied something new. What he spied was wonderful. He saw a huge tree covered with twinkling lights. Nestled on top was a bright, shining star. But something even better than the tree itself sat next to it on the table. Mortimer sighed with delight, a house just my size. But the house was so high, and Mortimer was so low. I'll climb up the tree, said Mortimer. Made a perfect ladder for a mouse. Up, 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 Mortimer climbed. Down, 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 the ornaments crashed. Finally, he reached the table. Perfect, said Mortimer. Not cold, not cramped, not creepy, cozy. But who are you? Mortimer had never seen people so small, almost as small as himself. Never seen such strange animals either. Tap, tap, tap. Mortimer knocked, but no one answered. Tap, tap, tap. No one moved an inch. Oh, I see Mortimer squeaked. You aren't real, only statues. And so Mortimer lugged and Mortimer tugged. One by one, he dragged the statues out. When he reached the smallest statue, he saw it was a baby. A baby in a wooden bed, just Mortimer's size. There's no room for you here, Mortimer said. Out you go. Then into bed crawled Mortimer. Oh, he fell fast asleep in the soft, warm hay. The next day, as Mortimer crept about, he found good things to eat. Cookie crumbs, fruitcake morsels, even spicy peppermint candy. But when Mortimer scampered back up to his new home, the statues were set up again. No, 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 Mortimer squeaked Mortimer. This won't do. There's no room for me. And so Mortimer lugged and Mortimer tugged till all the statues were out. And stay out, he said. Then into bed crawled Mortimer. He fell fast asleep in the soft, warm hay. But each day while Mortimer scurried about, the statues were set up again. And Mortimer always lugged and tugged them back out. Then one day, Mortimer set out and saw the big people gathered around the tree. He couldn't go out there, so he hid among the statues. A man started talking. Mortimer listened. What he heard was wonderful. Since it is Christmas Eve, I shall tell the Christmas story, said the man. A long time ago in a little town called Bethlehem. Mortimer heard about people named Joseph, Mary, and a bright shining star. 
Heard about shepherds watching their flocks by night and traveling wise men. The man continued, and there was no room for them in the inn. Then Mortimer heard about a baby. A baby who was born in a stable and had no real bed, but slept in a wooden manger. A baby born to save the world. And his name shall be called Jesus, said the man. Mortimer looked at the bright shining star in the tree, looked at his new home, his new bed. He looked at the statues. Last of all, he looked at the baby. Oh, I see, said Mortimer. You aren't just any statue. You are a statue of Jesus. Mortimer sniffed. Mortimer snuffled. A tear rolled down his furry cheek. There was no room for you in the inn, but I know where there is room, he said. And so, Mortimer lugged and Mortimer tugged. Soon he dragged all the statues back to where they belong. Last of all, he laid the baby in the manger. This belongs to you, he said. Mortimer smiled. You look warm and cozy now. There was no place for Mortimer to go except back to the cold, cramped, creepy hole. As Mortimer scuttled down the tree, he said a prayer, Jesus, you were born to save the world. Perhaps you could also bring me a home? And then Mortimer spied something new. What he spied was wonderful. Mortimer, Mortimer sighed with delight. A house just my size, and there were no statues in sight. And so Mortimer moved right in. Thank you, Jesus, said Mortimer. You have made room for me too. Isn't that a fantastic book? Love it. It's just like the best of children's literature. It has a depth of meaning. We, we get that when we watch a Charlie Brown Christmas or the Muppets Christmas Carol. Definitely aimed at kids, but the underlying depth pulls us in as adults. <laughs> I want to highlight a few of the connections I see between this profound little book about a mouse and the most beautiful Christmas passage in the second half of the Bible, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9-11 to 11, that Candace read for us. I'm going to read it again for us. These beautiful verses. This is how God showed His love for us. God sent His only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that He loved us, sent His Son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. That passage says God in Christ made the first move. Coming into our world that first Christmas, an astounding act of love. Now, how are we going to respond? I love these scenes in the book where Mortimer has no understanding who the statues are, what the whole thing represents. He just keeps hauling out the stuff. So Mortimer lugged, Mortimer tugged. One by one, he dragged the statues out. When he reached the smallest statue, he saw it was a baby. A baby in a wooden bed, just Mortimer's size. No room for you here, Mortimer said. Out you go. It's pretty great. Hit the road, Jack. There is so, that is so representative of the human race. 
God in Christ chooses to set aside the use of his incredible attributes, his unlimited power, his ability to know everything, his ability to be everywhere at the same time. He sets all that temporarily aside, says, I'm going to enter into that world as a tiny, helpless baby, dependent on a young couple for life. So Jesus does that, and then we as human beings push Jesus out. Maybe we find ourselves in big trouble in our teenage years, got involved with the wrong crowd, started drinking heavily, got carried away one night. All of a sudden, we find ourselves in the back of an ambulance pleading with God, God, just save me. I promise I'll never do this again. Give me another chance. God saves us. We recover. And what happens? Just like Mortimer, we toss Jesus out of our lives. No room for you here, Jesus. I'm not going to become one of those religious nuts. Got too much living, too much partying to do. Maybe we're at a completely different place in life. Maybe, maybe we're in the retirement years. We've generally pushed Jesus out of our life. Fine for some people, we say. It's just, it's not my thing. Then along comes that unexpected diagnosis. The doctor tells you, we have found signs of cancer. We're going to have to do a full slate of blood work and scans to determine how far it is spread. All of a sudden we find ourselves praying, maybe for the first time in years. Fast forward a couple years, treatments were successful, we've given a really positive outlook, we stop praying, we move on with life, and just like Mortimer, we find ourselves lugging and tugging Jesus back out of our lives. Meanwhile, God in Christ keeps pursuing us with his love. Verse 9 and 10 put it so well. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that He loved us, sent His Son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. It's never too early or too late to turn to Jesus in humility and faith. It's never too early or too late to turn around and embrace the One who is pursuing us. Pastor and author Erwin McManus talks about a time he and a whole team of people from his church were in the Middle East. He had been invited to speak to a group of Muslim men specifically about the history of Christianity. And Erwin was very honest. He said, look, there have been times in history, think of the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, when Christians were completely off track, far from the teachings or modeling of Jesus. Eventually, the group of Muslim men wanted to know, so what exactly is the meaning of this Christmas? You Christians seem to make such a big deal of this, this Christmas celebration. Well, what did it mean? What's it all about? And as Erwin was trying to respond to the question, he was struggling to, to put Christmas into a Middle Eastern context. And finally, he blurted out, I once met a girl named Kim. He writes, my translator looked at me confused. I'm sure he was racking his brain trying to think of some character in the Bible named Kim. He stopped translating and just looked at me. I encouraged him, keep on translating. 
I said again, I once met a girl named Kim and I fell in love. I continued, I pursued her with my love. And I pursued her with my love until I felt my love had captured her heart. So I asked her to be my wife and she did not say yes. <gasps> the room gasped. I could almost feel their sympathy, writes Erwin McManus. He says, I went on. I, I told them I was relentless. I, I pursued her again and again, pursuing her with my love until finally she said yes. There was huge relief throughout the entire room. I went on. I said, I did not send my brother, nor did I send a friend. For in issues of love, you must go yourself. This is the story of God. He pursues you with his love, pursues you with his love, and you have perhaps not said yes. It was not enough to send an angel or a prophet or any other, for in issues of love, you must go yourself. And so that first Christmas, God has arrived. This is the story of Jesus, the God who walked among us and pursues us with his love. That was what was read from Luke 2 at the beginning of the service. Let me read those beautiful verses for you again. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, that's what little Mortimer heard. And once he understood, he did a 180 degree turnaround. There was no room for you in the inn, but I know where there is room, he said. And so Mortimer lugged and Mortimer tugged. Soon he dragged all the statues back to where they belong. Last of all, he laid the baby in the manger. This belongs to you, he said. That's the journey of Christmas, folks. That God invites each one of us to go on to put Jesus Christ back into his rightful place in the center of our lives. As I said at the beginning, this is a sweet little book for little kids. But there's a deeper message. And if we let it into our souls, we discover that it contains some beautiful truths, no matter what stage of life we are in. It's interesting that it doesn't say God sent his only son into the world so we can, die, we can go to heaven when we die. That's not what it says. It actually says so we might live through him. Christmas Eve 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, maybe it turns out to be the Christmas where it transitions from a cute story you've heard your whole life to a life-transforming journey of discovery of who Jesus truly is 
and what he really came to do. Why did he go to such incredible lengths for you and I? Love. Take a, les- take a lesson from a little fictional mouse and lug and tug and move Jesus right back into his rightful place. Smack in the middle of your life. I know it's weird to sing when it's just you and maybe your family or just your spouse or even you by yourself watching. But who cares? This is Christmas Eve. Come on. We got to sing. Our worship team is going to lead us in O Holy Night. And let's raise our voices and let all of Ladysmith hear. Amen.